turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with Ace for a two-part. One of these days, I'll get it. No, it's, it's good. I'm it's good, there. Daddy. You're getting who's there. Who's our financial expert from Citizens <laughs> Bank. And Andrew Lee, who's our legal expert. And Andrew is an author, has a school, does really an expert in any real estate questions you need. And we have a special guest who will be joining us, joining us now. And her name is uh, Jennifer Povetsky, and she is at the law firm of Sanchez and Polevsky, and she is a seasoned litigator with extensive experience in all aspects of eminent domain and real estate law. So, Andrew, I think you should introduce her, and you should talk a little about, so that everyone knows what eminent domain is. Sure, and I'm super excited to have you on, Jennifer. Hi, Thank Jennifer. you. Thank you for having me. Jennifer, we were debating how to say your last name, so I want to make sure we're saying it right <laughs> yeah. as I'm doing this. So Polovetsky. tell me what say it. Polovetsky. So just sound it out. Oh. Polo, then vet, then ski. Polovetsky. Oh, oh, I like you, that. Polovetsky. I say when you mm-hmm. do it phonetically, you're right. It's easy. Yeah. When you do it in three three segments, it's good. Got Gotcha. So everyone's going to need to know Jennifer, Jennifer Polovetsky. And the reason mm-hmm. why is that eminent domain, I get clients in my law firm, Jennifer, all the time, and they don't realize that the government could come and they can take your property. And that you have rights yeah. and there's stuff that happens. So what I'm going to do first is I'm just going to tell people that if they go to SPLAW.com, you can find Jennifer. And Jennifer, NY start- Law, sorry to interrupt oh, you. Please. SPNY Law. NY, NY, please know. I'm glad you did. That's very important. SPNYlaw.com. So what happened, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. is Dottie and Ace and I, we were reading about Governor Cuomo. And Mm -hmm. he's talking about what he's doing at Penn Station to increase the tracks. And Mm -hmm. Dottie said to me about eminent domain. And I said, we need to get Jennifer. We need to get Jennifer. Jennifer, Jennifer. So, Jennifer, can Governor Cuomo just take the property around Penn Station? What's that about? Well, Governor Cuomo himself is not taking anything. Um, Interestingly enough, my law partner, uh, Philip Sanchez, was interviewed about this on Fox 5 News a couple weeks ago. Um, Governor Cuomo. Almost as good as AM 970. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Governor Cuomo can direct um, 
a government agency, it's probably going to be um, ESD, Empire State Development, or another government agency to go ahead and take additional property by eminent domain um, to increase the tracks at Penn Station because it is a public use. And the government is allowed to take property for a public use under the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. The caveat so slow down is for they a second have to pay me. just compensation. Sure. When you say they're going to go take the property, do you just wake up and your property is gone? Like, I don't understand. Break it down for me. Like, how the notice works. What, like, what should people know if they own this property? Are they, should they wake up and think the government's Gestapo at their door? Like, what happens? Okay. So it depends which agency is taking by eminent domain. If it's completely a state agency, say the New York State DOT, they will notify, they will come, they will notify the property owner or the business tenant. Business tenants can get compensated for their trade fixtures as well. We can talk about that a little later. Uh, cool. They will send them a notice, and um, they will say, hi, you know, your property is going to be taken by eminent domain, and this is when we're going to take it, and this is what we're going to do. With the DOT and a purely state agency, once they fulfill their notice requirements um, and they, they offer, make the initial offer to the property owner, they can go ahead and file a piece of paper with the county clerk, and then they send you notice afterwards saying, we now own your property. So back up for a second, Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. I want to slow it down again. So, sure. like, let's assume you get this notice mm -hmm. and you do nothing. Did I just mm -hmm. hear you say they just take your property automatically? That would be the state, yes. You do nothing, they're going to take it regardless of what you do. If it's and how city, long do you have to do something? Well, so let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's say so it's the it's state the every city, time. Let's just imagine it's the state to keep it simple, and then we could the go state, from there. Okay, because the city yeah. has to go to court with a petition, so it's a little bit longer okay. of a process for the city or quasi-state agency. So they take your property by eminent domain, um, and basically, you know, you hire an attorney. They give you an offer, right? So let's say they offer you, I don't know, a million dollars for your building, but your building is Got worth it. $10 million. It is. So they come in, they I say agree. we're giving right. So they're giving you an offer for a million dollars, and you have two options. You can say thank you very much. I'll take this as a settlement in full. Have a nice day. I'll go live my life. Or you could say thank you very much. I'll take this as an advance payment, but I'm going to reserve my right to file a claim for additional compensation. How and long do you call... have to do that? That's what I want to know. If when do you state... like? When do you have to make the decision? It's the state. You get this notice, Wait, slow down, and you own slow one, down, one of these down. properties. Wait, slow yeah, I'm, down. Uh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to slow Wait, it down. Slow it down so, for a second. So get a notice. I, I said it was Andrew. Slow it down. Okay, <laughs> let everyone digest. Okay, the fact you, the question Andrew's asking is okay. So the government tells you we're using your property for whatever reason they need to use it. They all have the right to use it. I they think take it. it. They, they own it. it. They own yeah. it. They have that right. And Andrew's question, just for our listeners to hear what's going on, is, okay, how long, when you get the notice, if they said, how long do you have, not that you can fight it because they have the right to do it, but how long do you have to put in notice that you're going to file make, a claim? Yeah, file a claim and then argue on the value. And by the way, just so everybody in the show knows, the value of property is not a science. There's not a formula, okay? So it's an estimate. So because there's not a formula, whether it's a residential piece of property, whether it's a commercial piece of property, the government can say it's worth X, and you can fight and say it's worth more. I think that is what you're saying. 
And that's where you need an attorney like Jennifer to come in, right? I mean, I've got yes, you're 100% correct. So if it is a purely state taking, you have three years within which oh. to file a claim. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, so you get 9% interest a year if it's a state taking on any additional compensation. So oh, let's wow. say the taking happens on Monday, just thinking it. Yeah. T- taking happens on Monday. They go ahead, they say, we're giving you a million dollars, right? It takes them three months to give you the check because you have to clear title, make sure all the mortgages are paid off, whatever, right? The interest accrues on that initial award. If you file a claim within six months, your interest never stops running. You still have three years to file a claim. If you file a claim, say, after eight months or a year, you get interest for the first six months, then the interest stops in the interim, and it starts again when you file a claim. Regardless, if it's a purely state-taking, you have three years within which to file a claim for additional compensation, not only for the value of your property, but if you're a business tenant, for all your trade fixtures, for your installations, like the classic example is a pizzeria, right? Let's say I own a building, and my tenant is a pizzeria. My tenant built everything out himself. I gave him a, a vanilla box. He built everything out himself. I'm getting the value for my building, for the real estate. The tenant, if it says so under the lease, which most leases do say, has the right to file a separate claim for compensation for his pizza ovens, for his flooring, for any, you know, any improvements basically that he you know, made to the property in, in the course of his business for business purposes. And that won't deduct from my real estate award. So that's so two different times, things. Yeah, two different things. Know. A lot of times people, you know, we talk to tenants and they say, but I have a great relationship with my landlord. I don't want to hurt my landlord. And we tell them you're not hurting your landlord. A lot of times we represent both the landlord and the tenant because they're not, they don't have conflicting claims. They have separate claims. But One don't you, um, let me ask you this. Don't you or then have to go and fight, like get an attorney that fights for your value opposed to the state having in other words yeah. then you're then aren't you like in a litigation over the value of something because yes. they're saying your value is one number and you're saying your value is higher right correct? we're the attorneys that fight for the higher value that's and, us uh, right so, so you're going to help to that person yeah. get a higher number now how much would that sir like how much would that cost somebody well so it all depends on the case uh usually we take it on contingency so we take a percentage over and above what the person was initially offered so they don't really feel it. Right. I mean, we wait to get our money, but, you know, we do a good job. So in the end, we get paid. Um, so they don't really feel it. So they're able to, you know, run their business and, and you know, c- continue with their lives and, and take their, you know, take the money from the real estate, invest it in something else, kind of without interference from us. Some clients prefer to ha- uh, hire us hourly. That's up to them. Most of our cases are contingency. Um, and by the I way, can... just so our listeners know, if somebody takes a case on contingency, if an attorney takes a case like that, then just so you know what that means is you don't have to pay them unless they win. So unless, unless they are able to get you a higher value, uh, Jennifer, your firm doesn't take any money from somebody. So they, they really have nothing to lose, do they? No, they have nothing to lose and everything to win. Um, Another interesting thing that I think your listeners should know about is um, Section 1033 of the Internal Revenue Code. I know you guys are probably pretty familiar with 1031 and the qualified intermediaries. 
Um, but in condemnation, you get a 1033. So the money you get in condemnation can be tax deferred. You have three years to take the money that you get from a condemnation award and reinvest it in something else, and you don't need a qualified intermediary. Of course, there just are four. Okay, well, just wait. In, 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 in layman's that. language, okay, just yeah. in layman's language. Sorry. So basically, because, you know, I mean, listen, you're in a specialty, and yes. this is not something that happens every day of the week, so a lot of people, you know, might not really even understand that, and hopefully it will never happen to you because I certainly wouldn't want it to happen to me unless I, you know, made millions on it, and I don't know that that's the case. I still wouldn't want it to happen to me. But if it does happen to you, what she's saying is that money that you make above the value, would it be? It's the money that you make in a condemnation award. Right. You know, I mean, so we're talking account- about capital gains tax right exactly. that's what you're referring capital to capital gains tax correct so what what you're saying is that if you bought the property at let's say a million and you got 10 million the tax on the spread am i correct jennifer I'm I'm not 100% sure if it's a tax on the spread or it's the tax on the entire condemnation award that you got. You would have to speak to a tax attorney exactly to figure well, out what your well, basis oh, is. Right. But your what point you, is that you could defer it, right. though, and but you don't you have to pay it, the tax. Right. And you don't need um, what's called a 1031 exchange agent, which a lot of people with commercial property, they have to do the like-kind exchange. There's all these rules. The rules Cost are a money. lot more relaxed in condemnation yeah. because it's a forced sale it's considered a forced sale it's not something you did voluntarily all right so what you all should just know okay because you don't have to get that you know that that's involved with it unless it affects you is that if you do get a condemnation case obviously you should use a attorney that specializes in this okay obviously jennifer your firm does uh, sanchez and Polovetsky. Polovetsky, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> is that basically certiorari, or that's just basically... It's eminent domain. We don't eminent. really do certiorari. Okay, that's when you want to reduce the taxes, right? Correct. Okay. Yes, we don't really do certiorari. Now, so another Jennifer... interesting thing in eminent domain is, let's say, let's go back to my million-dollar, $10 million example, right? The government yes, comes please. in, they give you a million dollars. We say it's worth $10 million. We get our own appraiser. We fight it out. We win. We get you $9 million. Right. Right? Okay. Because okay. you never get 100%, right? We get you $9 million. So since we've litigated it and we went to trial, because you got such an increase in your award, you are entitled to then file a separate lawsuit to get your attorney's fees and your appraiser fees back. Wow. It's almost like the loser wins. Well, yes. I, I, so, well, that's, so in other words, they're right. saying if they take your property because they need to use it for whatever, they're going to mm-hmm. compensate. You You have the rights to really get a fair, at least at the very minimum, a very fair compensation mm-hmm. and um, also not pay capital gains taxes if it's uh, you know, as much as you would. So, it's, uh, again, I wouldn't want it to happen to me because I probably like where I live. But if it's going to happen, I think when you speak to, you know that you should call an attorney um, like Jennifer and her firm that specializes and that there are remedies. But can, I think the question that most people would just ask, can they stop it? Can they say, I don't want you to build this highway and knock my house down? And don't, you know, don't, can they, you, you, can they, is there any way they can appeal you, them taking the property? Uh, so you can, so... 
they have to have a public hearing. Um, in most cases, they have to have a public hearing telling you what's going on. And then, you know, you have it's something called a 207 challenge, ED, uh, eminent domain procedural law 207. You go to the appellate division and you challenge it, you know, within 30 days, and you say, okay, this is not a public use or um, they didn't uh, check off all the boxes that they were supposed to do under the law, you know, before taking this. Uh, usually those fail. Pretty much in New York, almost anything is considered a public use, right? It, definitely expansion of the rail system is a public use. Alleviating urban blight, um, you know, cleaning up, you know, bad neighborhoods. What That's about highways? A public use. What highways about highways? Are definitely a public okay, use. Okay, you know, if you think about all the highways that we built, at some point somebody might have lived in those houses and they knocked them down. So yep. how do we get in touch with you, Jennifer? Like, how do we, you're on the web. What is your, how does somebody get a hold of you? Okay, her? well, they can go to our website, which is www.spnylaw.com. Uh, they can call us at 212-209-3918. Um, or they can email us at info at spnylaw.com. Okay, do you want to say that again for everyone? Sure. They can go to our website, www.s, like Sam, p like Peter, nylaw.com, spnylaw.com. They can call us at 212-209-3918, or they can email us at info at spnylaw.com. Okay. Or they can just Google either of our names, Jennifer Polovetsky or Philip Sanchez, my law partner, and it'll come right up. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. It's such valuable Thanks, information. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, thank you, and have a great weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, so, so, Dottie, yes. I just want you to know, I've had so many people come to my office that had these takings happen, and they didn't call someone like Jennifer, and they're four or five years too late. And you got to pay attention to what she said about that three years and get in touch before it's too late. Please do well, that. Well, when yeah. you say it's too late, I, just so I clarify that, you don't mean that you don't get anything. You just mean if you want to fight whatever they're offering you. Okay, you're I mean, when you gonna, think it's, are you yeah. always going to – so let me clarify that. Please. It's, it's not that you're going to get X amount of money, regardless of whether you whether you file it or not, or whether you contest. But if you don't contest it within that certain period, if you think that you should be getting more money or more compensation, then you can't really then make a case about that. So I think that's. But the government's always going to pay you of some value. I always find that the government has a lower value than you do of your property. Well, I probably, you're probably correct on yeah. that. And again, when we argue value, <laughs> if you have an appraiser, that's why in the real estate business, an appraiser, one appraiser can come in at one number and another appraiser can come in 10% higher or 10% lower. And they both all be correct because appraising, as I said, pricing something is value. There's no formula for it, okay? There's, you know, and somebody could look at, they could take comparable properties and look at the lower ones that sold, or somebody could look at the be the higher ones that sold. So generally, it's in their best interest to probably give you a lower price if that's within reason and fair, uh, and you probably can give you, you know, if you have a good case. And obviously, an attorney that takes it on a contingency, which means that they don't get paid if they don't win, is not going to take a case if they think they're going to lose. 
correct? I, I completely agree. And I always tell, tell my clients this. An attorney knows the price is better than you do. So if they're going to take it on contingency, they are 100% think that they're going to win. They think they have a good case. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to uh, give us a break. I just, I mean, this is not something I would want to find. I just find it. It's not amusing. I have these people. But these, I just was reading that these people, you know, bought a home and, um, it was in Maryland, and when they bought the house, what what do they find? They find a body of a 39-year-old woman who had called the property home last Saturday, and they found her dead when they moved into the home. No. No way. Yeah. Wow. And the police said there was no foul play. So how did that happen? Huh. I mean, uh, that's kind of traumatic, don't you think? I just find that very traumatic. We're going to talk about a little bit more, okay? <clears throat> Can you eat solar energy? The sun provides us with the cleanest and most pure form of energy, and plants are able to take the energy and lock it into a chemical bond. That captured energy is clean solar energy. So how can you get that same solar energy inside your body? When you eat fruits and vegetables, you are actually absorbing that same stored solar energy into your system. What's the easiest way to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables? Balance of Nature. By simply removing the water and air, Balance of Nature can take 31 whole fruits and vegetables and put them into quick and easy-to-eat capsules. With just three fruit capsules and three veggie capsules, you get the equivalent of over 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. That's a lot of stored energy that your body will love. So if you're looking for an easier way to get clean energy, go to balanceofnature.com and order your bottles of sunshine today. This is Dr. Howard, founder and formulator of Balance of Nature. We're changing America one life at a time. I love Balance of Nature. I think it's the best thing out there. I really do. I'm never getting off it. Best thing I ever did. I originally started taking it. I heard it on the radio because I had some tremendous stomach problems. And um, I went to the doctor. I was getting tested. They did all kinds of tests. They couldn't find anything. And I started taking this product. And within two weeks, it was gone. But I'm convinced that this product has a lot to do with that. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code THEANSWER. Can Mazda be sued for the death of a car passenger because of the design of their seatbelt? That's just one of the challenging issues tackled by our guest on Champions of Justice this weekend. He's attorney Martin Buchanan, an extraordinary appellate lawyer who has appeared before the U.S. Supreme Court. He talks with Tom Girardi about what it takes to appear before the highest court in the land. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay. Well, not with that attitude. Wow. 
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Uh, we're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate, and I'm here with Andrew Lieb, Ace Guadalupe, and we took we had a great guest on who talked about eminent domain, and again, you just have to know the broad topic. You don't have to be an expert. Just know that if you get a notice that you need to get an attorney and uh, they'll let you know if they think that they can do something or not because it, you know they're not going to take a case for free if they don't think they can get something out of it. Um, you know, we talked, we had a lot of guests on the show uh, over the last couple of months, and we talked a lot about... Um, you know, the, the, the changing, a lot of the, the, the rental laws in New York and, uh, you know, the Real Estate Board of New York uh, really have really tried to work with the, the politicians because sometimes when people change things, they think they're doing it for a good reason and they think it's really going to help but it really backfires in their face, but their intentions were good. So we think that everything that was done with the government, their intentions were good, for example. And I just want to show you sometimes how things happen where you're trying to do something good, but you don't really work with both sides, so you don't know the outcomes. For example, they put uh, a commission, a rental cap, uh, say, designed with the best intentions to make renting apartments more affordable for New Yorkers on the edge. And this proposal to put the cap on commission rental agents that can charge one month's rent. Um, so they, they put that on, but the, because they thought rental agents were making so much money, hmm. okay, that they're all millionaires. Now, um, that didn't go through, though, Dottie. I know, but, yeah, yeah. but, but let's just look at their intent. Their intent yeah, yeah. wasn't a yeah. bad intent. Their intent was, let's help people who don't have money, that much money, be able to afford the commissions. But they were watching Million Dollar Listing too long. And I love Million Dollar Listing. <laughs> Frederick works for us. Okay. What a kick. Tracy, what a kick yes. that guy has. But they're thinking that most real estate <laughs> rental agents make millions and millions of dollars and everything is no. like Million Dollar Listing. And it's not. Now, as of yet, there's been no action taken. Uh, most rental agents struggle to make a living. Don't forget, real estate is not a salary job, okay? So you only make money when you sell something, and, you know, it's definitely not consistent. So there's no answer on that, but the intention was a good intention. But you you need to work with both sides of so you can kind of come out with a solution that, as I say, is a win-win. Now look at Dottie, I just want to make it clear for our listeners, though, that this is just a city proposal. This wasn't a statewide proposal. Right. New York City was trying to do this. So if you're outside in Westchester, this isn't about you. But in New York City, they had this thing called 1423-2019. And they had a meeting this week, and they're still trying to get rid of it. But I just want everyone to yes. not freak well, out everyone, if you're outside no, New York City. No, but it didn't go through, and there's nothing to freak didn't go out through. about. Okay, 
and we'll let you know because there's not much you could do if it did go through. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and this has been going on for a long time. It's not new news. Now they propose the Pierre tax, and they've been proposing this for a long time. This is not new news. If you've been listening to our show, you would have known about this a long time ago. Proposed. It doesn't mean they did it. Did it. And that's why I like everyone to be informed because then you can do something about it. But basically, what is a Pierre tax? And this is for... Uh, they want to put it on part-time New Yorkers, meaning people that have apartments in the city that don't live there full-time. Does it mean somebody who lives in Europe? Yes. Somebody who lives in Asia? Yes. But you could live, okay, in Connecticut and have a Pierre Terre in New York City, and it would still affect you. So anyone with a legal residency elsewhere who nonetheless spends considerable time and money can choose to live in the city if their tax burden, they will not. So they're not going to do it if the tax burden becomes too great. So by taxing Peter Tears, what is really the city's end result going to do? It's going to take a lot of people and everyone again that have a second of bought something and many of them bought it years ago or some of them bought a little apartment for their child when they were in college. I know a lot of parents that try to help out their kids so they could go to school in the city and then they just kept it. Um, now, it generates, as a one-time tax, it generates substantial income, and they've already approved that you get paid, you know, there's a one-time tax. But if it, it starts going up every single year that there's a special tax, what will be the repercussions? I think you'll drive a lot of people out of New York City. And I was just listening because the Super Bowl, obviously, is tomorrow. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so Are you going to watch, Dottie? Of course. Uh, they were, yeah. They were in Miami. Um, and so one of the news stations was saying, look, you know, we're in Miami. It's so nice. We're not cold. We're not in New York. It's great here. Uh, and this state is great because of, and they said New York was the number one state of people moving, not to Miami, but to Florida. Now, some of it's just climate, I'm, I'm sure. And some of it is, you know, but a lot of it is also taxes. There's no state tax in Florida, which they were talking about this morning. And there was somebody, I can't remember who I saw interviewed, and it's a, a young person who's pretty successful and has a family, makes a lot of money, and was from California, which is the second highest tax uh, state. And he said, you know what? I just had it. I was paying so many taxes that I moved my whole family to Florida. Now, I, I, so again, I think New York, and I, I, I want to say this, I think that New York is a great place to live, and People want to be here, and that's why they pay the prices they do. But there becomes a tipping point when people say that's enough. And I think that, you know, we're kind of at that point now. So, you know, I think that hopefully they, they kind of look at a balance. And I, but I think that everything comes from a good place. People's intentions that's so true. are not yeah. bad. Okay, it's a matter of, you know, Stepping back and not getting what I see happened in politics, which I don't usually discuss on the show, and I'm not, but everyone just got stuck, you know, and what they, you know, and 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 everything broke down, and and I think that uh, with laws we have to know, know about them because a lot of times when a politician makes something, they're doing it with a good intent, but if they haven't lived in that business world or in that, they sometimes don't think of all the repercussions. So hopefully um, they will change that uh, because I think that that would hurt New York City, and I don't think we should do that. I think that 
there are so many people that don't live in here full time, but they live here, but they're a lot. Their business is here, and it's not necessarily from another country. It's just like some of the neighboring states. Or from Long Island, like to go to the city. Oh, my family has a pied de terre there. Like that's you go in for the day. You can't stay otherwise. Like it's very important. Yeah. And so, um, Dottie, I, I like what you just said, though. And a relative of mine said this years ago with politicians, don't challenge their intent, challenge their policies. Again, and it makes it much right. healthier. I think that's a good I think that's a good way to look at things, because. You know, I don't think most people's intentions are bad. I think that they haven't thought out. You know, it's like when you have a plan and you think it sounds great, and then all of a sudden as you as you think about it and as you start to enact it, there's parts of it that just don't work. And then you say, oh, well, it sounded good. <laughs> so I think that everything is, you know, trying to be fair or trying to make things more affordable. Uh, but there, with tax-wise, I will say, and being in the business a long time, I love New York. I love New York City, but you, you don't you you want to make sure people get taxed because you want to transit. You want to make sure you have good uh, subways, good transportation. But there becomes a point where you have to be a little competitive, and Florida is really reaping that. Be I believe because of the a lot of it because of the state tax, some of it because of uh, just climate that people don't want to be in the cold. Uh, especially as they get older. Uh, so I think we should think. I, I think we should think about that. Uh, Dottie, did you see that Florida just overtook Texas as the number one destination this week? No, I didn't. Yeah, Florida overtook Texas according to the U-Haul destination poll. And um, it's, it's, it's happening in Florida all over, North Florida, West Florida, South Florida. I'm loving it there. Well, it's not just you know about Miami. I mean, it just happens to be that the Super Bowl day. By the yeah. way, uh, Ace yeah. and Andrew, what do you who you who do you think is gonna Ooh, come in? It's a tough one. I, I I'm still going with Kansas City, so we'll see. Well, now was it the I'm last? With was it Kansas City? Was it 50 years ago or something like that? Yeah. It was the last time they Long won. Long time. So I think uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be close, but I think uh, a lot of people, because they just want them to have a win. I think it's been 50 years or yeah. something I was reading that they that they didn't win a Super Bowl, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I'm sure everybody's going to be watching that. And that's one of the good things about football. I mean, whether you like it or not, uh, people get together and watch the Super Bowl. Half of the, Some of the people don't even know really football. <laughs> well, you know what it is, Dottie. They have the best food. The, yeah, and it's a uniting event. Well, it's it's. What's your favorite? What's your favorite treat, Ace, at a Super Bowl? You go to a Super Bowl day, meal. What what do you eat? What what's your favorite thing to eat there? Oh, I don't even know. There's so much food. But the uh, dip, the dip, man. The when dip, you get right? the oh, it's so good. The cheese dip, the three layer. I can't wait. Right, right. So, Ace, I just want to I want to again tell all our listeners, this is absolutely the lowest interest rates we've had. Over how many years? It's a long been a, time. A long, long, Very time. long time. So I want you to all tell your friends and your families that if you haven't looked at your mortgage and you haven't refinanced it, you need to do that ASAP. Uh, we'd love you to come to Citizens, but yes. regardless of where you go, at least go somewhere. Just go somewhere. Okay, exactly. because it was going to be saving you millions, like so much money that you're just throwing your money away by not doing it. And unless you bought a house within the last, what, year or so, mm -hmm. uh, I think you're going to find a big savings. And it can't hurt. It's free to dial and find out from me. We'll be right back after our commercial. Um,
We'll be right back. And we're going to be talking about when you need a certificate of occupancy in New York City. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. If you're looking for a special way to show your loved one how much they mean to you, why not spend it on board the Atlantis Yacht for New York Cruise's special Valentine's Day dinner cruise sailing from Elizabeth, New Jersey around New York Harbor with gorgeous views of Lower Manhattan, the Statue of Liberty, the Brooklyn Bridge, all guaranteed to set the mood for you and your sweetie. The Valentine's Day cruise includes a special four-course Valentine's Day dinner menu, open bar, a 360 60-degree view of the skyline and more. The Atlantis Yacht boards at 7.30 p.m. from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Love is in the air and on board every New York cruise. But there's something magical about the Atlantis Yacht on Valentine's Day. Tickets start at $1.99 per person. You can call 718-646-8083. That's 718-646-8083. 718-646-8083. Or go to NewYorkCruises.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You know, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to you listening to AM970, The Answer. You get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. Mike is offering a first-time buy one, get one free offer today on Giza Sheets. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go please to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one get one free offer on Giza sheets i'm telling you when i sleep in my bed i think of you i really do because it's so comfortable i have the mattress topper i have the my pillow but i have these Giza sheets and i have the uh, pillowcases the Giza pillowcases i get the best night's sleep because of that Enter promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798 for these great specials. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. Delarusso Laser Vision is the only place to go for all your eye care needs. They specialize in LASIK surgery, but also cataract treatment, eye exams, and a variety of designer eyeglass frames. They're a private family practice with locations in New Jersey, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Lake Success, Long Island. You can't find the years of experience Delarusso Laser Vision has anywhere else. Dr. Joseph Delarusso pioneered LASIK surgery, and along with his son, Dr. Jeffrey, they've performed over 100. 65,000 procedures. He's been featured on Good Morning America, 2020, Good Day New York, 60 Minutes, and in the New York Times. The Della Russo Laser Vision team works with the best and safest lasers. Even Frankie and Al got their LASIK done by Della Russo. Trust only the best with your vision. Call Della Russo Laser Vision today to schedule a free consultation with Dr. Della Russo. 855-646-2020. 855-646-2020. Or visit DellaRusso.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. Well, I was going to talk about something, but I changed my mind. I don't want to talk about that. It's too heavy and too technical. Sometimes you need to be a little light. A little light. Okay, because we had a very heavy-duty conversation about eminent domain and how you can take that from people and I keep on pushing um, and again I hope that you come to 
citizens, but if you don't, at least go somewhere because you you have an opportunity to save a lot of money now. And look, I'm the first one to tell you that in my life, I always was busy, 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 and we all get busy and sometimes don't do smart things for ourselves. So if you know anybody that's got a mortgage, it costs nothing to give a call, find out what your mortgage rate is, what is it, your age now? And so each point is going to save yeah, you a lot of money. Three point two five for a thirty-year fixed rate. Yeah, and and by the way, the interest and and, and you know that the cost of a mortgage is a lot, so it's going to save you a lot of money, and it costs nothing to do it. And I think most people forget about doing it. Why? Because they're busy. Yeah. We all get busy in our lives, um, and sometimes then we just don't do smart things for ourselves. I. I I had um, I had some another questions and it says to uh, just came in. I it says I want to move because I guess we were talking about Florida. I want to move to my mom's New York apartment for um, the summer, um, and, or for the winter while she's in Florida because she goes to Florida every 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 winter. But the condominium board, the, or the co-op board, I'm assuming it's the co-op board, uh, says I, I can't stay there while she's gone. Mm-hmm. Is this legal? What a good question. That's a good question. And so it matters if it's a condo or a co-op, Dottie. It says she doesn't say it. So, you know, by yeah. the way, Christy from uh, upstate New York, you need to tell me, tell us whether it's a co-op. So I'll answer condo. it both ways. Okay, I'll answer it both ways. If it's a condo, they can do whatever they want. If it's a co-op, a co-op is actually a rental in the state of New York and in every state. You get a proprietary lease. She's in New York. That's why I mention it that way. And there's a law in the state of New York in the real property law that says that if someone's occupying a place as their primary residence, the landlord or the co-op board in this sense can't stop immediate family members from living there or additional occupants. So the question is, and this is my question back to our, our questionnaire, is mom living there as her primary residence? I know she went to Florida, but like my father goes back and forth from Florida. Which one's her primary residence? If it is her primary residence, you should look up Real Property Law 235-F or call an attorney because you have rights. Okay, so that's good to know. Now, going back to the rates being so low, if you're going to refinance, let me ask you a question, Ace, okay? Yeah. Because I know if you're getting a mortgage, you need to pay yeah. off your debt, <clears throat> and you need to not charge, like, you know, a mm-hmm. new debt or buy a new car when you think you're going to be buying a home. Yeah. But now, if you want to do, like, an, if you want to get equity or you want to do a refi, which is what a lot of people are going to be doing yeah. now, do they check your credit, or what, what's the story with that? Definitely. I mean, credit is um, something that the banks will take a look at to look at your um, credit history look at your payment behaviors you know so and look um, you know just the topic on credit in the summer there's going to be a different um, way of um, scoring your credit score so is it going to be better or not you don't tell know. us yeah. it's, it's going to be better except the, the the credit agencies the boroughs they're going to put a lot more stringent guidelines around being laid on your mortgages and things of that nature just to help the banks lower their default rate, which is actually at an all-time low right now. But the new credit score will give you a little bit more in terms of trends in your habits, your spending habits. So it, right. it'll be interesting to see. And by the way, here's what I, I, I read that 
the average person, okay, who refinances and will get a lower rate, and uh, it's a down for a year ago at this time. I think I read that it was four point nine. Yeah. Okay, give or take, but 4. it's around 9. that number. Yep. So even if you bought your property a year ago, if you bought it around this this time, is around four point nine. And so refinancing it, if you were only at 4.9, which was still a low rate. Still low, yeah. Okay? If you were only at 4.9, refinancing, okay, at the rate today, okay, would save you, which is about, what, 3.7 or? Right now it's around 3.25. So it's yeah, a, it's a refinancing percent. today would save you like a hundred and sixty or hundred and seventy dollars a month. Yeah, and depending wow. on the, and depending on the loan amount, Daddy, you know, yeah. the, the larger the loan and, amount, and the that's, more savings. And, and that's with um that's with somebody who's at four point something, which is still yeah. low. Imagine if you were a five or a six or a seven. So please when there's opportunities to really do things that save you money and don't cost you really anything, uh I think you should look at it. In addition, um or I think if you're buying a car or something, the loans are probably, you know, everything's cheaper now. Yeah. So it's a good time if you're buying cars. Now, what about student loans, okay? I, I mean, I get so many calls or actually texts about that. What A lot of people's student debt is at a high interest rate. It's at a high interest rate. Um, that is still a challenge for a lot of millennials and you know, that's something that I think a lot of people need to inquire. A lot of people accept their student loan terms, but there are refinance, um, you know, different products to refinance your student loans in it as well. Okay, because I talk to a lot of uh, kids and they have student debt yeah. and they'll tell me the interest rate and it was a high, it's ridiculously and, and, high. And most students will just keep that rate, Dottie. You know, okay, they, so if you know anybody or you're listening to this show, you, whether you're a student or you know somebody that's a student that has taken out student debt. Call us. Okay, again, we're not trying to make money on this. It's just really that most people that have student debts don't realize that they can refinance yes. that debt and it could save them a ton of money. Um, I, 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 I know people in that work in our company that keep on saying, I got to call yeah. Ace, I got to call and, Ace, and, and they the, haven't done it yet. One of the biggest challenges too, Dottie, is that student loan debt it's a huge revolving debt that banks look at when qualifying for a mortgage. So lowering that payment will definitely help your chances of getting a mortgage approved. All right. So when you're applying for a mortgage, and like credit is king. It is. So don't look at it, gee, I only should do this when I'm buying a property. I mean, when you're buying a property, obviously you want to make sure you don't take on any new debt, you know, going forward if you're thinking of buying something. But, what, but your credit is kind of king yeah. in anything you do. So make sure you keep on top of it uh, and make sure that you listen to shows like this or go Google and look because the worst that can happen is you make a phone call or you text or you call somebody or you go online mm -hmm. and you find out that, hey, you know what, it really doesn't pay for me to do it. And you know, Donnie and Andrew, we talk about it all, all, all the time. Financial literacy is key, right? So even, oh, yeah. even before you're in the process of looking for a home, you should definitely be looking at your at, at your financial statements, looking at your cash flow, looking at your credit, seeing what, you know, how how will you save for that down payment? So just preparing yourself for prior to, I would say even 6 months to even a year 
before you're even thinking about looking for a home. And you know something? And I think I've read articles, so I don't want to say that I'm the one who's brought this up, but I don't think that we really do a good job. At least, I don't know now, but I don't think so, of really teaching our students financial literacy. Okay, now you can go have earth science and biology, okay, and chemistry, and if you're not going to be a chemist, I don't really know, you know, other than the SATs that you probably do better at because you know what you're doing. Okay, but things that people need to know just to live in life, sometimes we don't teach. Um, And I really kind of think looking at students and curriculum is really important to kind of take a step back. Sometimes, you know, I will find people say, I'll go, why are you doing that? They'll go, well, Daddy, that's how we always did it. Okay, and I find that it's like, okay, but just because you always did it that way doesn't mean you always should still do it that way. And every once in a while, we all have to take a step back and say, wait a second, why am I doing these things? Am I doing them because they're right to do today and they're still smart moves? Or am I doing them because I've always done it that way? Okay? Uh, Am I looking at mortgages because my parents told me that the way to, that there's three kind of mortgages, you put 20% down or 25% down and you're not a veteran so you can't apply that (laughs) or get a V... Or do I really know all the products they're mm-hmm. out today? And um, I, there's an article, and again, I don't have time to do it today because our time is almost up. But again, it was in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. And it was like, here are the rules that your father and mother taught you that still are true. And here are the rules that don't exist anymore. And it, I, I read it all yesterday or the day before. And it started out by saying, and I'm sure your parents all told you this. Okay, here's what you do. You go to school, then you go to college, you get a degree, then you figure out your career and you get that job, and then you get married or you do it one or the other. Yeah, then you get married, then you get your have your little family, and I'm not mocking it, and then you have your little picket fence and buy your home. It's white, a white picket fence. It's very uh, definitely. important. Yep. We all grew up with that. Okay. White picket fence. And so, do we, should, should you get married? Maybe, maybe not. Should you buy a, a home? Maybe, maybe not. Should you get that little house with the white picket fence? Maybe you don't want a picket fence. Okay? Maybe you want barbed wire. I don't know. But all I'm saying is we do things because sometimes it's the way it always was. It's very good once in a while to just take a step back and say, wait a second, does it work today? Or am I doing it because... Someone told me to do it, and people do it like that, or is it something that works today? And with that, I want to wish the Super Bowl, everyone, a good day. If you're watching the Super Bowl, it's going to be fun, and we'll see if Kansas wins. And if you're not, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.